With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in Line of Logic. This is Alex Ramazowski here. Continuing on these PGA Tour playoffs as we head into the Dell Technologies Championship this week in Boston. Last week, was an interesting one. The Northern Trust, Bryson DeChambeau, the mad scientist, showing us what he's capable of, maybe proving his point in terms of a Ryder Cup selection. Just scrolling through headlines right now, it's actually quite interesting to me. People seem to think that he's still on a Ryder Cup bubble. I, for one, kind of thought that was out of the question after this week. Quite honestly, felt it was somewhat out of the question before this week. There's a few other names on that list for me, personally, that we can talk about later. Going to try to keep this somewhat brief. We've got a limited field this week. It's just me here once again. I keep promising that I'm going to have someone with me. Hasn't worked out so far, but hey, we're winding down here, but we still got two big tournaments left in these playoffs before we head into the Ryder Cup. After the Ryder Cup, you get a whopping week-long offseason. The beautiful thing about the PGA Tour, basketball fans, you got to wait June, June to October. Football fans, that offseason feels like it's literally forever. But hey, it's an exciting time of year. We got college football coming back, college basketball right around the corner, NBA. NFL seemingly a pitching wedge away, keeping it PGA related here. It's a good time of year. MLB playoffs coming up. I always love playoff DFS in any sport. Things get a little more concentrated. You get to think think a little more about individual players, how they're going to perform in the playoffs, what the team strategy is going to be. I think it's something you can really take advantage of. Had good luck with NBA playoff DFS before. It's always a good time, and we have pretty much the same situation on the PGA Tour this week. The field is starting to narrow. We're down to only a 98 possibly 99-player field over at TPC Boston. Before I jump into the course, 
I'm Alex Remazowski. Follow me on Twitter at Donald Remington. Donald Remington, R-E-M-I-N-G-T-O-N. My usual co-host, Mike Alexander, couldn't make it here. He is still very busy cranking out the NFL content. Lineup Logic. Follow on Twitter at LineupLogicDFS. Patreon.com slash LineupLogic for all of our content. PGA-wise, putting out a cheat sheet every single week. Putting out my model every single week. You got access to the Slack chat. We're all in there. Really trying to get that that golf chat ramped up a bit. MLB's still going strong. NBA's starting. WNBA's out there. People are making good money. Tons of conversation. Message me on there or at Twitter anytime. Be happy to give you more information. One price you get it all. And the beautiful thing is, if you're a PGA fan... There's all of one week off before we're pretty much full swing into a new season. You'll have a few weeks off in December. And then, bam, full-fledged PGA Tour once again. It's a beautiful thing. We'll get some interesting middle-of-the-night starts where you get to wake up on Friday morning and pretty much be sweating a cut. Right then and there. Love it. Patreon.com slash lineup logic. Hit me up on Twitter at Donald Remington. All right, let's jump into this week. We've got the Dell Technologies Championship, the next part of the FedEx Cup playoffs. It's all going to change a little bit next year, but I think we'll save that for. One of these upcoming weeks when we don't have so many players to talk about. We had an interesting week last week at the Northern Trust. Like I said, Bryson DeChambeau ended up running away with it. One by four strokes. His Saturday 63 was huge. It really, really set him apart from the field there. Bryson DeChambeau's got the same old swing, the same old thing going on. I hate watching him play golf, but can't help but enjoy it in a strange, strange way. I'm not sure I ever thought I'd say that. If you talked to me from six months ago, I'd probably be 100% hating right now. The guy has really done some unheard of things this season. He's set himself apart from anyone in their first, second, third year on the PGA Tour it's it's very impressive and he is fully in there to take home the FedEx Cup title now these playoff events are weighted so heavily that that win was so huge for him but with that said we do have two more events before the Tour Championship Tony Finau in second Seems like the guy is just always up there. He's going to win a big tournament eventually. I keep saying it. The fact that Bryson DeChambeau and Phil Mickelson are 
more or less being considered shoe-ins for the Ryder Cup team. And then Tony Finau, it's like you almost never hear his name. It's very crazy to me. I think Bryson 100% deserves it, especially after last week. Phil Mickelson, it's almost just like it's because it's Phil. He did win on tour this year. That surely helps his case. Tiger Woods. Thinking if you want half the world to tune in, you should probably have Tiger Woods on your team. That's that's not really a question to me either. So I'm going to say Bryson DeChambeau, Tiger Woods, and then you got a little bit of Tony Finau, Phil Mickelson, maybe some Kevin Kisner. There's some names out there. People have added motivation going into this week. We're not going to be seeing Ricky Fowler again this week. He withdrew again due to that oblique injury. He's still in fine shape to be at the BMW Championship next week. So, in his defense, why risk it? Seemed like he was hurting come the weekend a couple weeks ago. Definitely slowed on down at the PGA Championship after having a great Thursday, Friday. Some other notables last week. Billy Herschel, lone third. Sorry, T-third T with Cam Smith. Billy Herschel has just caught fire at the perfect time, which is very interesting. I remember him actually winning the FedEx Cup title some time ago in a similar fashion. He didn't have too notable of a season and caught fire at the right time. Someone I'll definitely be keeping my eye on this week and the couple weeks to come. Ryan Palmer. I think I mentioned that he had great course history at the Northern Trust. Did it again, finished T5. Only thing that held him up was a Saturday 72, nine strokes worse than Bryson DeChambeau's Saturday 63. Nice little chunk here, fifth to eighth place. Adam Scott Brooks, Kafka, Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas. Really nothing to talk about there. Adam Scott keeps performing. He keeps, he's making putts again, and he's making leaderboards again. Checking, checking the top 10 box left and right. Brooks Kepka is not going to go away anytime soon. We've got this big tournament stretch. If anyone's as fit and ready for a stretch of multiple serious tournaments like this, it's him. Patrick Cantlay making his end-of-season climb. Beginning to get very popular. I see a chalky Patrick Cantlay in our future. And I tend to want to stay away from a chalky Patrick Cantlay. Especially a chalky, expensive Patrick Cantlay. Of course, that those were my exact thoughts last week. And I listened to myself and barely played any Patrick Cantlay. And maybe regretted it just a little bit. Our defending Dell Tech Championship champion Justin Thomas finished T8 last week. 
JT is JT. DJ was an 11th. DJ is DJ. Phil Mickelson is now on Twitter. Phil Mickelson's hair is long again. His tweets are hilarious. You should go check them out. He says he grew his hair out. He's feeling himself again, and he's playing well again. And he's ready to do some work, and I love that. He's proven his point for the Ryder Cup. He's out there on social media talking smack to Tiger. I say go Phil. I'll be seeing a little bit of him in my lineups this week. Hideki seeming to come into form himself, which I love. Some playoff Hideki would be very cool. Talk about him a little more. Some other notables in the top 25. Terrell Hatton also coming into form. Tommy Fleetwood, T20. Semi-disappointing, kind of like always. Saturday round screwed himself over. Charlie Hoffman, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, all 20th to 25th. Patrick Reed is someone I'm very interested in this week. I'll get into that in a minute. Gonna jump on over to the Dell Technologies Championship now. TPC Boston. 20 minutes south of Boston. Just over 7,300 yard par 71. This tournament starts on Friday. So we're coming at you a day early here. Starts on Friday, ends on Labor Day, Monday, instead of Sunday. 98 or 99 players this week. 70 are still going to make the cut. So it could be, technically, we could just have a bunch of T70s there and nobody would get cut. The cut's going to be small. You can almost think of this tournament as a WGC event where there's no cut. Limited field, no cut, little to no cut. You're going to need 6 of 6 to see anything in the GPP. Last week, my only 6 of 6s happened to contain either Ryan Armour, Chris Kirk, or a combination of those two. That hurt quite a bit. Come Saturday, Sunday, they were pretty much the only people in the field shooting three to five to six over par each of the two days. So you have this beautiful six of six lineup with three of your players in the top ten, and then you have Ryan Armour and Chris Kirk go a combined plus 20 on the weekend. It hurts. We're not going to have to worry about that this week. Maybe you will have to worry about that this week. You're going to want six of six. You're going to want to differentiate yourself if you're playing tournaments. You need six people through. We obviously can't predict who's going to be that guy that's not making the cut. Last week, Justin Rose. I'm okay with it. He's been a model of consistency. He just barely missed the cut. If it came down to anything, it was his putting. We'll see him back in there this week. With that said, I do kind of enjoy when you get at least one or two of those big names missing the cut because it goes ahead and just knocks out such a big percentage of lineups 
if that cut actually went one stroke above where we thought it was about to be, like Woods would have been out of there, along with a few others. Probably would have helped some of us. Got a little sidetracked there. TPC Boston this week for the Dell Technologies Championship. Top 70 in FedEx Cup points are going to move on to next week's BMW Championship. So we're at 99, 100. It's going to be whittled down to 70. Charlie Hoffman, Henrik Stenson, and VJ Singh hold the course record here. 262, 72 whole course record. Like I said, Justin Thomas won last year. Going backwards, 2016 below, we got Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, Chris Kirk, Henrik Stenson, Rory again, Webb Simpson in 2011, Charlie Hoffman in 2010, Steve Stricker in 2009. Some notable runner-up names over those same years. Jordan Spieth last year, Paul Casey, Henrik Stenson, Billy Herschel, Billy Herschel, Billy Herschel, Billy Herschel. I'm looking at Billy Herschel this week. Steve Stricker, runner-up in 13. Chez Reevy in 2011. He had a week last week, that's for sure. Jason Day, Jason Duffner. Eight, nine years ago. TPC Boston, 7,300 yards. Bent grass, fairways, and greens. The greens are going to be quick. The course is relatively long. But we've got some par fives. Four par threes, 175 to 225 for the most part, 11 par fours, three of them are over 500 yards, but some of these are just over or just under 400 yards. Three par fives, two of them are pretty much gettable in two. Last year, strokes gained approach. Justin Thomas won the approach. Approach shots are probably going to be from 125 to 150 and then 200 plus the way I break it down there. Depending on the holes, it's either going to be these Long shots into par fives are about 125, 150, maybe 175 into most of the par fours, 200 plus. The par threes are actually included in that. So if you want to break it down into a couple stats, I'd look at 125 to 150, 200 plus. Short game always plays a role. Going to need to make the 5 to 10 to 15 foot putts. You're going to need to gain birdies on the field. The fairways are somewhat tree-lined, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily the utmost importance of having driving accuracy. Distance is going to help like it always does, but I'm not just looking at the guys who can hit the ball a mile. I'm going to be looking at a lot of recent form here. I think this is a very interesting time of the year where you start to see the same guys won two, three, three, four plus weeks in a row. It's like you're seeing five majors in a row. 
like WGC events in a row. Very rare that you see Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Justin Rose. Three weeks, four weeks in a row. So you got to see who's playing well. Who's having, who's having trouble off the tee? Who can't hit a fairway? See how these guys have done the last three weeks. I think it's going to play a big role. With that said, I'm always digging into the stats. Going to be focusing on Tita Green. Tita Green at TBC Boston and recent Tita Green approach. Ball striking. Fairways. Greens and regulation. Strokes game par 5. Those are some of my favorites here. If I really, really had to break it down into three, four stats, I 100% strokes gained approach, as always, up there at the top. DraftKings points is always huge. It kind of brings birdie or better into the picture right there because we know you score DraftKings points with these birdies, eagles. You'll lose them with bogeys. Stroke, strokes gained ball striking. Gives you a little off the tee and a little approach. Throughout those two proximity stats, I like those. So that's that's some of the stuff I will be kind of zeroing in this week. Let's jump on into this field. Up top, nothing new. Nothing new here. We got Dustin Johnson. DJ at 11-6. His price keeps going up, even though his past two outings have not been in the top 10. T27 at the PGA Champ. T11 at the Northern Trust last week. It's a good showing by DJ. It's a good showing, but 11-6 is a lot to ask. He's done well at this event past few years but for a 100 person field t44 t8 t18 nothing to write home about week after week the hardest thing to really understand here is the fact that no matter what model you're looking at no matter what stats you're looking at if you're looking at any stats at all DJ is always going to end up in your top five, if not your top one or two. He's right up there for me again. If I could pinpoint anything where he's been lacking, it would be his putting. If I'm looking at 36 rounds in this field, Putting 5 to 10 feet and 10 to 15 feet, he's 47th and 80th. These are fast bent grass greens. He's a southern guy. He's used to these fast greens. We have had quite a few events with slow greens recently, which as we know, some of these pros actually struggle with slow greens. 
Maybe the quick greens will start helping him out again. But his past two starts, not amazing. Not amazing. And if you ask me, 11-6 is a lot. 11-6 is a lot, and it really limits what's, what you're going to be able to put in a lineup with him. My three favorites in his 10K plus range are following Dustin Johnson. Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth as at, is at 10,000 even. I think we're starting to see him play some real good golf. He's playing really good golf. Top 25 in three of his last four starts. He just keeps having these little slip-ups. Starts his round of four, five, six under. Triple bogey. Puts him from a lone second back into the, the teens heading into the weekend. He made the cut, no questions asked. But yes, that triple bogey is going to hurt you. But for 10000 with his history at this event, and his ability to play against a field like this, I love Jordan Spieth. Justin Thomas is just a model of consistency. His past three starts. First, T6, T8. Yep. Brooks Kepka is honestly becoming the same thing with more distance. Lone fifth. First, T8. Brooks Kepke, you get a little discount on. People seem to keep doubting him for one reason or another. With this course over 7,300 yards, it's, it's really, really, really hard to look away from Brooks Kepka. If there was one thing you could pinpoint to say he's doing wrong, it would be his approach his approach shots which which are big here like i said it's probably the number one thing you look at most weeks and i would say definitely the number one thing you're going to look at this week justin thomas over the last 24 rounds first in strokes gained approach dj third brooks kepka 34th which is quite interesting considering how brooks kepka has fared in his last 24 rounds. I'd say the Open and the RBC, T39 and Cut. The two events following up his first major win of the year. I'd say that's probably skewing these stats a bit. If we looked at the last 12 rounds, he would probably be Top three. I'd have to guess. So, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Speed. I think that's where I'm going to be concentrating up top this week. Two fades of the week from this range for me. If you're looking at the pricing, you can probably narrow it down yourself. Jason Day and Rory McIlroy. I think Rory McIlroy is going to get some attention here. We haven't seen him in a little while, a couple weeks. People think 
about 7,300 yards plus. Look at some course history. A win, two wins in his past, one of them being in 2016. It's cut in 2017. 2017. It's 10-6, and I think that's asking too much. I'm going to be fading him because I can't trust him, and he's not consistent. Says he wants to be here to hone in on some skills before the Ryder Cup. Which I think is valid. But I don't think it's worth risking your money on. Jason Day. You just look back at his history and it seems like he just destroys the playoffs every single year. He's playing well. He's pretty much a top 20 every single week. I'd say if you want to start your lineup with him at 10-4 so you can get some of these names right below him in there, I would be in favor of that. But I'm not trying to fit a Jason Day in with a Brooks Koepka or with a Justin Thomas because then you're really limiting yourself. Jason Day is someone I can trust to be top 25, but I think we're going to want more than top 25 from him at 10,400 this week. So he's kind of borderline for me. If I have one strong fade, it's Rory. Jason Day, start your lineup with him. Then you can fit in some, some of these guys I'm about to talk about here. Jumping down below 10,000, the first name we got is Tiger Woods. Plain and simple, I think people are still thinking Tiger's running out of time. Tiger's going to win. We want to see Tiger win. We want to play him. He's coming into form. He is starting to figure the driver out. He missed some putts last week. All great points. He's still priced at 9700 Hasn't played this course in five years. And finished T40th last week. His driver's wild. It's his second consecutive week in a row. We know Tiger's body. We know his back. We know how easily he can lose speed. He can lose power. It scares me. It scares me, and if his ownership is going to be high, I am staying away from it. I hate the thought of Tiger Woods finally winning and me not having a piece of him. So if you can find someplace else to do it, find some good odds on him, go bet him. But I'm keeping him out of my DFS lineups this week. He is, with that said, gonna he's going to have an extra day of rest, if that means anything. Which, knowing Tiger Woods, he's probably legitimately not playing for three days, maybe four days. He'll go get a practice round on Thursday. So that could sway your decision. You might think, all right, he's got the time to rehab, rest up, get ready for this. The course has been on tour since 02, I believe. So saying he hasn't played here in four years, maybe it doesn't make all that big of a difference. But it's these small things you really got to, you got to figure out the small things to make your decisions because you can't play everyone. So Tiger and Rory going to be my fades. Jason Day leaning towards fade. Kind of group Tiger Woods in that 10K plus 
range with these names, but 9-7. Considering some of the guys right below him that I'm going to talk about, 9-7 actually doesn't seem all that fair. Next on down, two players I am interested in this week. Justin Rose at 93, coming off a miscut. Think of anything that's going to do good things for his ownership. His ownership goes down because of that. The more the better, please. Justin Rose is too consistent to think he's in any sort of funk. It's not like he put up giant numbers. He missed some putts and pretty much missed it on the number. Adam Scott is my other one at 9400 I don't like the price all that much, but the guy has been playing some good golf. T5 last week, third at the PGA Championship, T17 at the Open. Playing well in the big fields, is making putts. Quietly at that, I think there's still enough people out there scared of him where you could gain an advantage by actually having him in your lineup. The next guy I like, but I'm most likely going to avoid at all costs possible, Patrick Cantlay at 9,000. People start to get hyped on Patrick Cantlay, especially at this time of year, coming off a few good finishes. More than a few, really. T12 at the Open, T6 at the WGC, T27 at the PGA, T8 last week. Gained 30 strokes plus over his past five rounds in the field. Statting not very well. Very well. His putting's still not great. But he's avoiding bogeys. It's kind of crazy for him, actually. He's just playing some very, very consistent golf. My question is, how long is this going to last? If I had to guess, it's going to let people down very soon. Looking at ownership percentage, Patrick Cantlay is number four on my list right here. 18% projected on FantasyNational.com. As of Tuesday night. We've got some time left to go here. But 18%. Tiger Woods also at 18%. Two people I would love. To avoid. At those projections. Let's jump down. Three guys I'll mention all in a chunk here. All people you've had your doubts about. All people that have been playing very well and trending in the right direction. 87 to 89. Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, and Hideki Matsuyama. We're starting to see vintage Hideki. And that I really, really like. I was all about him this time last year, and now he's had four outings in a row. He's made the cut, and he's improving. T11 at the Wyndham. T15 last week. Played this course the past four years. The past three of them, he's finished inside the top 25 every time. 
I like that. Something that scares me a little bit is there aren't too many guys in the field this week that have played the past four weeks straight. That's a lot of golf. Especially for someone who's dealt with injuries over the past year. After a miscut at the Open, took a week off. T39, T35, T11, T15. That's boom, 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 boom. Four weeks straight. The next guy down I can find that has done that, Webb Simpson. Below that, Rafa Cabrera Bale. Daniel Berger. It's like three people in the top, like 20, 30, almost 40 people there. So that might be something to look at there. Keep an eye out. Keep your ears open. Now the next two there, Tony Finau, Bryson DeChambeau. Love them both. I think people are going to start thinking Bryson DeChambeau, he won last week. Maybe I should lay off. Bryson DeChambeau and Tony Finau finished 1-2 and they're priced 88-87. If that's not crazy, I do not know what is. Both of, both of them played here last year. They both made the cut and didn't do much with it. Tony Finau has just been a machine, and Bryson literally might be a machine. You could build a lineup right here in the eights if you really wanted to. It could get a little sketchy. You could almost play Hideki, Finau, DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson. What does that bring us to? 43-1. I need to get uh, someone at 68, 6,900, and bam. Got yourself a lineup that I love. You don't need to go over 9,000 to make a successful lineup this week, if you ask me. Next guy down is one of my favorites in the entire field. Probably heard me say this before and have probably screwed you over at least once this year. Patrick Reed, 8,400. Guess what? His past three outings have been at TPC Boston. T4, T5, T6. He finished at T7 this year. Keep the trend going. 8,400. Fine with me. Three of his last four outings. Top 30. Finished T25 at the Northern Trust last week. Loves the course. Can destroy this type of field. We know it. He won the Masters this year. Let's go. Patrick Reed, yes. Webb Simpson, 8,300. Spent some discussion out there. Pete Dye courses. Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass. Drawing some comparisons. That's true. If you agree with that, then hey, why not play Webb Simpson? The guy's been playing great golf last month or so. My only concern with him is the same as Hideki, that he's played four weeks in a row. He's had success here, came finished T9th in 2014. Since then, not so great, but we know Webb Simpson has been a bit up and down. Say so catch him on his upswing, love it. Two final people in this 8 to nine, eight to 10 range. 
Phil Mickelson, Billy Herschel. Phil Mickelson, I talked about earlier. I just think he's got that that little edge back to him. Saw it last week. He's got something to be playing for here. He wants to secure his spot. He wants to prove to people that he should be on that Ryder Cup team and not just because he's Phil Mickelson. Love it. 8200 Great price. Fantastic price. He's had good history here. He's finished T he finished T six last year at TPC Boston. Top twenty five his past three outings with one miscut there at the PGA Championship. Billy Herschel. I think a lot of people are talking about him. It's going to be interesting to see where his ownership ends up. But he's finished T eleven T three the past two weeks, and that is pretty impressive. Ownership. Surprisingly, 13% right now is what I'm seeing projected. Again, from Fantasy National. I'm all in on that. I'm going to name four fades, and I'm not going to get into why for the sake of saving time here, because I'd like to jump into some value and dart ranges. John Rahm, Henrik Stenson, Tommy Fleetwood, Mark Leishman. Pretty much all of these guys, for the price they're at right now, I am 100% fine with not putting in my lineups. John Rahm, not by himself. Henrik Stenson, I don't know what's up with him, but he's no longer that cash play he used to be. 8,600 is a lot. He does like the course. He's gained strokes, a ton of strokes here over the last five years, and he won here in 2013, runner-up in 2015. But it's the current form Henrik that I'm not loving. Tommy Fleetwood is consistent, and that price, oof, see that? 8500 for Tommy Fleetwood. I could see him actually going high up there in ownership, and maybe you can find yourself an advantage by not playing him. But my goodness, 8500 is cheap for Fleetwood. I'll take him off that list for now. I'll put him into the maybe category, kind of like Jason Day earlier. Mark Leishman at 8000 Scratched in my book. I'm off Mark Leishman, and I have been for a while. No thank you. Jump down into this 7 to 7 9 range. It starts off with Paul Casey, and I'm still into Paul Casey. 7900 Paul Casey. It's like they keep lowering his price because they want him to just be the chalk de jour like he always is. Not the greatest of recent form. But he's got great course history. It's fantastic course history. He just hasn't had any great finishes in the last month. But that's Paul Casey for you. He'll come out of nowhere and he'll finish T5. He's finishing second. He was above the atop the leaderboard a couple times I can remember recently and just hasn't really strung it together. Terrell Hatton been playing great. Kevin Na, I am officially long-term on, especially in the playoffs. 7,400 for Kevin Na. 
guy hasn't done anything to justify that price. T51, T31, T19, T15, and his price keeps going down. Finished T6 here last year, 7400 for Kevin Knott. Yes, 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 please. Ian Poulter, he's back, and I'm interested yet again. Proceed with caution. A must-mention, Alex Noren at 7300 My goodness, that's cheap. He's been playing like crap, and he's missed two cuts in a row. But that's like uh, putting Jason Day at 7500 Come on. 7300 for Alexander Norin. Want we'll to have to do some research into what's been holding him up. Why hasn't he performed? It's probably his putting. Don't quote me on it, but that would be my guess. Who knows? We're going back to bent grass. Quick bent grass greens. If I remember correctly, Alex Norin is a fast green putter. Rafa Cabrera Bayo, 7,300. Put him in that played four weeks in a row category. Scares me a little bit. I gotta say it scares me a little bit. Pretty much three of his last five starts have been very good. He had T17, T10, T11 three weeks in a row. Not great last week. T60. Charlie Hoffman. Has had a lot of success at this event. Loves the playoffs. Loves the strong field. And he's so cheap. So cheap. And he's been on and off. T27 cut. Three cut. T47 in the event. T20 last week. Charlie Hoffman. Definitely someone to keep an eye on at 7300. Watch that ownership. Daniel Berger, DB, the elbow does not seem to be bothering him, finishing T12, then he missed the cut, T15 last week. I'm looking at him again here at 7,200 because that is cheap. Got a long list of fades here. I could probably make a case for some of them. I'm not going to spend the time to make a case against them, but here are my fades. Louis Eustazen, Gary Woodland, can't trust him, people like him. Aaron Wise at 76, Bubba Watson at 76, Zach Johnson at 75, bad tournament history, hasn't been playing great, Matt Kuchar 75, similar boat to Zach Johnson, Xander Schauffield, 7200, People are going to notice him at this price, and I think that might drive his ownership up. You never know with him. He'll get a top five out of nowhere now and then. But I'm not getting enough of a reason to actually play him this week. Real quick, I'm going to jump down into some darts. CT Pan, 6,700. That's got to be my numero uno down low. The dude is statting out like a mofo every single week, as we all know. He's been playing well, and he is cheap. Another guy at 6,700, Jason Kokrak. 
every time I recommend Jason Kokrak, he blows up in my face and everybody hates me for it. But the man is capable of a lot, and he hits the ball a long way, and I think that's going to help him here. He's got the playoff experience. He's been playing well lately. He's got two top 20s in the past five years at this course. I love that. Bronson Burgoon, Adam Hadwin, both coming off a good, good finishes last week. Both have really just have good seasons in general. Probably more talked about in the DFS community than they have been in a few years. Hadwin, at least, Burgoon just is making a name for himself, and I kind of love it. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. Ryan Palmer has had some good course history. Played well last week, but again, that was at a course that he just seems to play well at all the time. Something to look at there. Kevin Chappell. Guaranteed low ownership here. I think everyone is scared of him. Finished top 35 four of the last five years at this tournament. Yes, please. Last four names I will add in here. Brian Gay, Abe Answer, Andrew Putnam, and Ryan Armour. They're all 6,600 and below, and they've all been pretty consistent. Definitely all able to perform on a week-to-week basis. It'll be interesting to see what they can do in a smaller field playoff event like this. But I think they all have the skill set to at least make a showing here. And you're pretty much getting a dirt cheap 6,600 or 6,500. Ryan Armour, Andrew Putnam. That is cheap, and it's going to allow you some space up top. Justin Thomas Brooks kept good. Jordan Spieth. Yes, please. Ryan Armour. That guy is the key to making money. Love it. All right. That's all for tonight. I will see everybody next week for the BMW Championship. A reminder, we've got a week off after that before the Tour Championship. Then we're into the Ryder Cup. And then, before you know it, the 2019 season, which actually starts the first week of October. It's pretty sad to think that October is coming up on us that quickly, but it is. The next three weeks are going to be very exciting. A lot of money to be made out there. An edge to be found as these fields get smaller. Tune in next week for the BMW Championship and good luck this week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.